0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Setting the Tone, near retrospective, the show where we do a chronological breakdown of every episode of our favorite TV medical drama. My name is Elizabeth, and joining me today as always are Lauren. Hello. And Daniel. Hey. Today we're discussing Season 4, Episode 18, which is titled Gut Reaction. The episode aired on April 16th, 1998. Lauren, what was going on that week 23 years ago?
1: The Good Friday Agreement is signed, ending 30 years of conflict between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland...
0: Which I today learned. This is this. This is how much I know about politics, about geography. That <laughs> Ireland is not part of the UK. Oh, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah.
0: I I never knew that. that. That's a big thing. I knew that. Yeah, I knew. I never knew that. Like that was like the central part of the. That was like one of the big things of the conflict was that part. Northern Ireland is part of the UK, and yeah, I that that's, man, a, that's I, a, never knew that.
1: That's a whole plot point on Downton Abbey.
0: Yeah, oof. I never, I ne- absolutely never knew that. So,
1: Daniel, don't you oof me? We know, I, we know, I'm a, we know, I'm a Midwestern mom. Don't look, you at me?
0: Look, look, I was raised in middle class conservative suburbs. We weren't exactly learning about
2: world Northern politics. I- Northern so Ireland wasn't big on the topics list in uh, fourth grade geography. Uh, no, not exactly.
1: Any other listeners like Downton Abbey, just get at me, because yeah. these two aren't going to talk with me about it ever.
0: Also, apologies if we're talking out our ass on this thing. I know we have some listeners in the UK.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, Will Robinson is certainly in danger, as City of Angels starring Meg Ryan and Nicolas Cage has just enough angel-loving to knock off Lost in Space and take the box office crown, and Lizzie, you are grounded for making me say angel-loving on a cold read.
0: <laughs> hey, that's Nick Cage is an angel. That's that's about all I know of that movie.
1: Angel loving,
0: and it's a and it's a. It was described as a romantic fantasy
2: movie. Didn't wasn't there another movie around the same time where Travolta was an angel? Like wasn't Michael? There kind of, yeah, yeah there, there was a rash of these around this time.
0: I feel like there's a very big difference between those. And isn't those this also two.
1: like right when "Touched by an Angel" was
0: getting huge too? Yeah, that sounds no, that like something my, my mom watched. Yeah.
1: And All My Life by Casey and JoJo remains the number one song for the second consecutive week, and none of us still have any idea about it. Nope. Nope.
2: As for what else was on that evening at 8 p.m., Friends checks in with the episode The One with the Wedding Dresses. Not sure which one of them was getting married at this point. I'm sure one of the Friends stands in our Facebook group. I'm sure will inform me which one it was. Uh, At 8.30 p.m., Just Shoot Me with the episode Am Blush. That's not a typo. Ah. Ah gotcha uh at 9 p.m Seinfeld with uh actually Seinfeld was in a rerun this week the only show on the night without a new episode and at 9 30 p.m Veronica's Closet with the disappointingly not that provocative title of Veronica's All Nighter I've really come to enjoy Veronica's Closet's like super provocative titles even though I've never had it's any interest in things. watching the show but this one's pretty mundane by their standards
1: I was gonna say, and we have been told that we all do need to revisit "Just Shoot Me." That yes. was a comment on this week's
2: on the one that just
1: went up this week.
2: Yeah, I, and I do want to revisit that. I don't know if I have like an entire series rewatch in me, but I, I think I could go and like pick and like cherry pick out a few episodes and watch just recreate the after-school experience. What if?
0: Hear me out. There this goes. is a live idea vibing on on those, on air right now. <laughs> those always go great. What if we did? Well, I'll watch an episode for
2: Patreon maybe I, will, I, that, I think I we will, can do a half hour sitcom I will give that a soft maybe That's. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that. this
1: I forgot to bring the optimism notebook that you guys told me to start bringing because I have oh, so many true, great yeah. ideas that I say on mic and then we never do them <laughs> so I need to remember a mic uh, um, a notebook next time there so we go. can write down all these things we think we might do someday not anytime soon there you go
2: uh, this week's episode had 30.3 million viewers tuning in down just a couple hundred thousand from last week. This week we have a new director checking in and I think our first director who is also an Instagram follower of ours, uh, hey. Bab- Babu Subramaniam, who is doing his first out of three episodes through two thousand and three. Uh, and he was also an assistant director for 95 episodes between 94 and 09. so he was a lifer as an assistant director. He was Damn. In all 15 seasons. Be sure to tag him in this send the post for this episode. I will definitely make sure to do that. He is uh, like I said one of the few we have a, we have a few uh, behind the scenes folks who follow us and I know he's definitely one that he's a name you don't forget because once you learn how to say his <laughs> name, you don't forget. Um, this week's episode is written by Neil Bear doing his twelfth out of eighteen episodes. Previous one of his from the season we talked about was Freak Show, and
0: our previously on this week is brought to us by Professor River Song. And we open the episode
2: proper with <laughs> Carol yelling,
1: "What?" For those who don't watch Doctor Who, who brought us our previously on
2: Alex Kingston. Thank you. I'm Sorry. I'm just glad that you all noted that there was any previously on because the file that I watched there was no previously on and it was at about 1.25 speed so I watched this episode on like Alvin and the Chipmunks setting like everybody was moving just a little bit faster and their voices were just a little bit more high pitched it was a very strange way to experience this episode I'll tell you that much. Daniel do you need access to my Hulu account? No I had Hulu it's just with Hulu I just like it's there's commercials and a lot of times I'm editing and then I'll finish editing and I'm like well I need to start doing notes for this week so i'll just i have all the episodes downloaded on my computer so i just pull them up and 99 percent of the 331 are in perfect condition perfectly watchable totally fine i think i have two files that are corrupted so we'll i'll have to figure something out when we get to those they're like way down the line and then there was this random one that just for whatever reason got hard-coded at 1.25 i tried to put it into iMovie and like slow it down i tried everything i could do it was just <laughs> it was hard code so i i probably should have gone and just watched it on hulu and just suffered through the commercials but i didn't want to do that and it seemed like a fun way to watch an episode like 1.25 speed everybody's voice is just a little bit higher than it should always be like it was it was fun i
1: i would love that for jerry
2: it was yeah which this is a pretty jerry heavy episode so you got you got a fair amount of it and if that's the
0: file set that i that i think you that i think you have Mm -hmm. uh enjoy all of seasons 12 and 13 being way too high pitched um, oh no. But our episode this week <laughs> is—I say—our episode uh, this week is opened with um, Carol yelling for Yoshi and Jerry need some help bringing some clinic supplies to be stored in the lounge for now, because Gamma came through with more donations.
1: Hooray! Yay! Hey. Uh, and then we learned that Mark has volunteered to do this year's ER banquet celebrating the staff, and um, Jerry was going to help out. But they had to make alternate arrangements because the caterer couldn't meet their budget. So this whole episode is Jerry trying his best.
0: <laughs> Jerry and Jerry's mom trying his best. Trying yes. their best.
1: I didn't want to spoil that part. But yes, just it's it's a family affair trying to get Mark's banquet where Mark didn't do any of the work. So this is kind of karma for him not doing any of it. Um and then we we find out that Doug went to the dean about creating the emergency peds attending position, and Carrie is shocked that he took the initiative, and she's talking to Mark about it, and Mark says, don't worry, it won't happen. And I just want to point out, when have we ever heard about County General having a dean? I mean, it
2: is a teaching hospital. Yeah, I
1: think it so. is. I know, but I'm just saying, like, it's...
2: I want to say it did come up once in season one, maybe. Like there was somebody going to see the dean. It was either Benton or Carter. I can't remember. And you're
1: right. It was it was Benton when he was. When I think it was, was the the, uh, the Fuselich.
2: Fuselich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was during that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, you're right. They never actually got to meet right. the dean, but he did go to his, his like office or whatever. They've really toned down the whole like teaching hospital thing where there's deans and there's like classroom stuff happening and stuff like they've really kind of lost track of that now they'll bring it back obviously a little bit more next season but at this point yeah. they've kind of lost the thread on the medical school aspect of things
0: yeah because i'm just thinking about it. yeah we, re- we don't really have any like third or fourth year medical mm-hmm. students yeah no
2: they've kind of just es- no. established this is the like once we got through i can't remember if it was the beginning of this season or I think it was the very beginning of this season where they, they cycled through like six medical students in the span of like three weeks. Yep, After that, that was, this one. that was the last gasps of the whole medical school thing. And then they kind of just gave up on that entirely for the rest of this season. And then they'll yeah, and like start over next year. Season like five Henry. premiere. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yeah. Oh yeah, I suppose, yeah. yeah like that, that, floating around First there, three but... or four episodes, like I said, they kind of cycled through a handful of them. But once Henry was gone, it was like, yeah, we're done with this. We're so close we're so close to talking about lucy anyway um what no we really <laughs> you no 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 we really are i mean it's it feels it still feels to me like she's a million miles away but in the reality we're in real time we're a little over a month away from lucy because there's only four more episodes in this season and the wrap-up so you're a little over a month after, away in real time say about
0: six... after
1: vacation
2: okay i'm here for it
0: um after we move jesus christ um, and anyway, getting back into the episode, uh, Doug is arguing with mom who has to leave because she's going to miss work and get fired. Uh, Doug threatens to call the cops on her for child endangerment when she, if she's going to take the young girl away while she's vomiting a 105 degree fever and causes a whole big scene out in the hallway while Carrie and Mark watch. You know, let's let's just prove Carrie's point.
1: And I love I think it's Carrie who goes and he wants to be in attending.
2: And uh go ahead and just fill in the square on your bingo card for Doug Ross berates a uh mother of color about her parenting skills. Like just go yep. ahead and go ahead and fill that free space in. It seems yep. to be a pattern at this point. Yep. Uh but uh Doug's talking to the mom saying that the little girl needs pediolite and ibuprofen until their uh till her tests come back. Uh and does offer to call her boss and explain while she why she's late, but the mom blows him off. So
1: Yeah.
2: We'll circle back to this a little bit later, but then we see Lydia and Jerry chatting about the banquet, and uh Carol uh, is walking by. says that the news says that it's going to storm that night. And Jerry is very. <laughs> I love. I love this little wrinkle from Jerry where he points at his shoulder and he's like, "No bursitis, no rain." Like,
1: I love. I love him so much. I, I've missed Jerry.
2: He, my man is unstoppable. I love Jerry.
1: I got. I got my Team Jerry sticker right here on my laptop while we record, and I'm just like, sweet, sweet boy. I know.
2: Uh, Carol uh, pulls Carter off to the side and asks if he's going with Anna, uh, which kind of takes him back a little bit. He says, no, we're just friends, but then they kind of gossip about it for a few. So we're definitely, like, laying, which is really crazy to me to think that we're we're kind of just now planting the seeds for this, considering the fact that Delamico is, like, Rapidly running out of time as a character. Like, she will be gone by the end of the season. And I know there is a actual uh apparently short lived romance thing between the two of them. And it's like, man, we're really getting this in under the tag here. Like,
1: didn't we already try this? Didn't they already kiss once or twice? Didn't we like haven't we already done the ebbs and flows of
2: this with them? I don't know if they've kissed yet. I know they did the like holding hands on the stairs while he, you know, drank to feel sorry for himself, after yeah, the... I think
0: it's been more subtle, and this is this episode is just to be over that blatant with it, yeah, they've
1: definitely why... decided
2: to escalate it here.
1: why do I feel like they've kissed, or am I just mixing him up with another blonde woman that he can't just be friends with Harper. <laughs> I might I might be <laughs> might mixing be, this up with Harper might just
2: be Harper, which yeah, which makes me wonder too because. Like I said, she's definitely gone at the end of the season, so we're, we're heading into the last quarter of the season here. It makes me wonder if this was kind of a last-ditch creative effort to give her character some purpose and maybe entice Maria Bello to stick around, although it, it sounds like from everything I've read, it was, a, it was a pretty 50-50 mutual decision for her leaving of, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, she wasn't happy and they weren't particularly happy with her so I don't know but it just seems like they're they're trying to force something in here like because like Lizzie said they definitely turn the dial up in this episode where they go from like subtle little hints that there might be something there to no now we're gonna really turn the the dial up on this so I I don't know about subtle well gradual we'll say much more gradual up till now but in any event, we go from there, we see Lizzie and Benton. Benton talking about how uh, Lizzie's being kept on such a tight leash by Romano. And uh, she says that she would drop him in a heartbeat if her sponsorship didn't depend on it. Amen, sister.
0: Our first trauma of the episode brings uh, a returning character. Uh, Allison is back, all healed up. Looks like she, her leg's all good. Her voice is nice and loud and clear. as She gives the doctors the bullet. Uh, yeah, she's in the EMT. It's her third day on the job. Uh, there's a motor vehicle accident and Lauren. Whose films are those? And Dr. Swanson, uh, the, Dr. Swanson tells him what, what tests to run because he's a pathologist and he's also the patient here. So, and Mark is like, yeah, just do what he
2: said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Dr. Swanson here is actually pretty fascinating. Uh, the actor, um, Robert Ellenstein, who appeared in a bunch of different stuff. He had 127 credits to his name. I'm pretty sure he's the high water person for this episode he was in uh star trek for the voyage home uh which yes that is the one with the whales uh and that was the best one of those six <laughs> north, north by northwest uh and the tv series the wild wild west not the ill-advised will smith remake movie which is yet to come or was that 97 i'm i think that was already like it was it was over the summer i think okay
0: or no. maybe, or, no, was it, or it, is it 99? I don't
1: af- know. It, I think it's 99, because it's after Men in Black, and Men in Black is 97. I'm, okay, well, I'm yeah. I'm breaking the yeah. phone rule, because I need to Google I this definitely, now. sorry. I
2: definitely know that, that Men in Black is 97. Nin- 99. 99. 99, okay. No. So, still and to
1: come. I'll have you know, as a child slash teenager, I loved that movie. I have not revisited it in probably a decade, and I'm horrified too. Oh,
2: I have, yeah, I have not revisited it probably in 20 years, and all I've heard from people who have revisited it for various podcasts and things like that is that it is hella racist. So yeah. Oh no.
1: I, yeah.
2: I've never seen it all the way through. So
1: I definitely, I'm thinking about some of the jokes that they make and stuff and how they have. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yep. Yeah. I can see it.
2: So I just wish we had more Kevin Klein these days. Yeah. Yeah, Me too. I do like Kevin Klein, but, uh, I, as I recalled we watched it a lot when I was a kid because it was one of the movies that we got for free with our DVD player. Like it was that <laughs> era of movie like it was it was it, you buy a $200 DVD player and get The Wild Wild West for free. Uh You but, know what movie came
0: came with my brother's first one? Uh Austin Powers the Spy Who Shagged Me.
2: Well, all right, better at least it wasn't gold member, I guess. Uh, That's true, but uh, Mr. Ellenstein here—he uh, did pass away, unfortunately, in 2010.
1: Um. But then we go back to Carter and Anna discussing the banquet, and she's not going because she thinks that they're hokey and ridiculous. And Carter's like, "Oh, but they can—they can be a little bit of fun, you know. You get to hang out with everybody and relax and dance and whatever." And she agrees to go with him. And then we learn jerry didn't pay the deposit for the band and so the um booking like team is canceling that mark is on the phone trying to get someone anyone booked and as he's doing this the flowers couldn't get delivered to the location the shangra lounge (laughs) so they need to be delivered and held at the er i also want to note here that this is where mark confirms booking for a band called the machine
2: (laughs) no florence just the machine
1: just the the machine we find well
2: we know they have a a tight budget you know they can't afford florence and the machine they can only afford the machine it's true all
0: right we go back over to the trauma room uh, corday and benson are reviewing dr swanson's films there's whose films are those dr swanson's <laughs> Swannies. <laughs> yes he's gonna need a gastrectomy and morgenstern shows up uh, because he knows him and called yeah morgenstern refers him to him as swanny and he took uh histology which i don't know what that is uh probably will never need to know what that is from uh, Doctor Swanson and Corday says they can't operate laparoscopically because it's too complicated. But Morgan Stern pushes back, and says, "Oh yeah, no, 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 we can totally make it happen. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine." Of note, this is uh, Morgan Stern's first operation since his
2: heart attack. I'm sure, it's fine. I'm sure it'll be totally, fine. yeah, it's totally fine. This is
1: great. Totally, totally not a problem at all.
2: And I'm talking completely out of my ass here, but I think histology is like slides and stuff, like how to create, how to read, how to like that's right because of, he he mentioned something to Morgan Stern about his uh one of his like transverse cuts or something the brain slides yeah, yeah. like i'm pretty sure that's what it is but i could be completely...
0: the study of microscopic structures of tissues look at
2: that makes sense go. for a pathologist to teach there you go uh, Before for we go from there we see mark and jerry talking about the uh, very important distinction of the smorgasbord it's not a buffet you heathens it's a smorgasbord <laughs> very important distinction distinction uh but it does turn out that jerry's mom will be doing all of the cooking <laughs> so jerry's mom who will actually become an on-screen character much later on like we, this is technically yeah mm-hmm. well no i guess th- this isn't the first um mention of jerry's mom we the first mention of jerry's mom was when the kangaroo escaped
0: yep yeah let's
2: say we've the heard her. yeah we've heard her in the background but we didn't didn't actually get to see her but
1: I, adding to the list of things that I want to do that I wish I had my notebook for, we need to order Polish food again soon.
2: Okay.
1: Speaking of smorgasbords. There
2: you go. Uh, And then quickly we see Romano coming down to check on a bowel obstruction.
1: And while he's down there, we learn that Anna has matched on the bone marrow registry for an out-of-state patient, unfortunately not with Scotty, but Mark offers to give her the time to recover. Like, completely, they all just pressure her into this real fast. They're like, yeah, you matched, um, out-of-state patient, we can do it today, you'll have the time off, it'll be fine, and Romano eavesdrops and says, oh yeah, and I can do the procedure right after my other surgery today. And, like, they all just kind of jump on her with it, and Anna's just like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. (laughs) sure, sounds great, and she just sounds petrified about the whole thing, like, real uncertain. This is not how you go about, uh, scheduling donations for things. Nope.
0: But at the same time, something like that's going to be pretty time-sensitive. Yeah,
1: and so. that's what that's what Mark says, too. It's like, well, we can't really wait. we got to kind of do it. Um, and then we go over to Carol and Doug snacking on an orange at the admit desk as they're sitting and talking and discussing if he can be an attending. And she's like, I don't know, because you're kind of stubborn, opinionated, and insouciant. And Clooney's like, the fuck's insouciant? <laughs> Not as exact words, but that's the gist of it. And we have an excellent Clooney chuckle here. And she's just like, look it up.
0: Speaking of excellent things for Lauren, uh, we're going to go into our first audio where Scott uh, Scotty is laying in bed, singing along to everyone's least favorite <laughs> at this point, because it's been played to death. <laughs> the least favorite oh, because you've heard close. it on every single, you've heard it on every single graduation. You hear it at every single... Like, funeral (laughs) where the person is youngish. Oh, boy. And you hear it fucking everywhere. Yeah, you hear it in every. Yeah, at prom, on TV shows all the time. (laughs) It's a good song, but it's done to fucking death. Good Riddance, Time time of Your Life by Green Day.
1: Lizzie, what's more done to death, Good Riddance or 21 Guns?
2: Oh, Ooh, I'm going to say. In my opinion, that's 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 21 Guns. Also, a future episode title.
0: I think. I think. I think, the the former, Good Riddance. No, well, because it's been around for it was around for like but, what, like a decade longer.
1: But it's a better song. See that?
0: There you go, that's, Lauren. That's also
2: true.
1: Same same with Wake Me Up When September Ends. That's right in the middle of the two. If we're talking about overplayed Green Day singles, yep. there like
2: it is right there. The three genders. No, if we're truly talking, if, if we're truly, I'm sorry, guys. If
1: we're going to get into Green Day discourse, this is going to be like three hours because I could have done an entire college uh, thesis on no, this band. If we're Go truly for it.
0: talking, done to death, Green Day singles. Hit me. Boulevard, of broken dreams is one of nope. their wor- is one of their worst songs. Nope. No, and come on,
1: I I don't stand Boulevard, but if I'm going to put it up there against 21 Guns and Wake Me Up When September Ends. And time of your life; those three hit my top most played more than anything yeah.
2: else. 20, yeah, but see, for my money, Twenty One Guns is the worst song that got popu- that Green Day ever did that was popular, in my opinion. Tw- oh. Twenty One Guns, like it's fine. Sucks. No, it actively it's fine, sucks. But in my opinion,
1: even even a Green Day mega fan like me was ready for it to be off the radio by the time that had all of its airplay. And I'm kind of glad they've had a break from getting big singles plays like. I'm hoping their next album, they can go back to it, but it's been kind of nice having a bit of a break for them to, you know, kind of revisit some stuff.
0: To be fair, we also don't listen to the radio, really.
1: But I also, (laughs) but Lizzie, my intricate and obsessive knowledge of Green Day through all aspects of their career means I still know which singles are getting too much radio play. Do you doubt this about me?
0: A little bit because you don't actually listen to the radio, but you know.
1: But I research these things. It's Green Day. I have to know.
0: Anyway, he's singing along to that song when Jeannie comes in to join him as you check on him. Uh, Green Day, please don't serve us with a DMCA notice. It's in your mind?
3: Hang on, on a shelf and you good times. Losing memories and on trial. For what it's worth, it's worth all the while. It's something unpredictable. And the end is right. I hope you have the time and the life. Mm. You know this one? We've only played it about a billion times. Are you done eating this stuff? It's not very good. Yeah, I know. How about I order some uh, pizza? Uh, if you want. Maybe some Rocky Road for dessert? <sighs> what is it, is The pain getting worse? This thing isn't working as good as I used to. Okay, I'll uh, I'll get Dr. Ross to adjust it for you. Kay? Wait, don't leave yet. It's the coolest part. Dr. The mm-hmm. <laughs> bad News.
1: How are you feeling, son? Well, me and Jeannie,
3: we're gonna share a pizza. we uh we need to talk your bone marrow failed to match the last two potential donors you tell me hey we'll uh, we'll come up with plan B okay your dad and I have discussed some new therapies
1: there is something called a phase one chemotherapy trial but it's highly experimental
3: at least it's still a possibility right yes couldn't be any worse than the nuke juice they've already given me
2: there could
1: be some severe side effects and the chemo could make
3: me croak
1: We don't have to make a decision right this minute.
3: What do you think, Janie? I think it's a chance. Would you stay with me if I got the new chemo? Of course I would. I want to do it.
1: Before I forget, one other place that this was played to death was the Seinfeld finale. Sorry, I just... Popped into my head as I was listening to it. Yep, it's pl- it's used weird. on the Seinfeld finale.
2: Talk about a but now total, going into the mis- like, complete like, uh-huh. Green Day and Seinfeld, I feel like, could not be further diametrically opposed. Like, yep, what a weird match.
1: Yep, sorry, going back to the actual important part of this episode now, I just wanted to say that before I forgot. <laughs>
0: But can we get a goddamn Gloria Rubin in chat for us, please? Goddamn.
2: <laughs> I think everybody's hitting on all cylinders there. Like, yeah. Everybody's really like bringing you... their A game. And poor Scotty. Yeah. yeah. Just, uh
0: And not... After all of this, to just... To just be... failed a match. Yeah. To just... It's like kicking him while you're... It's it's just the ultimate kick
2: while you're down. Yeah. This, this episode here is... Um... I think like some of his best work like the actor Mm -hmm. like particularly as we get towards the end of the episode like he's really bringing it here like for and to be probably like you know 12 13 tops maybe the actor at the time like that's, that's doing a really good job.
1: And I will say, f- from a performance standpoint, one of my favorite things when he's singing is he does that thing when it's like a new radio single that you're really liking, mm. but you don't know all the words to yet, and so he's like dipping in and out of actual, he's like, he's doing the dips in between real words and just kind of mumbling along, mumbling and it's just really sweet. It's like, sweet boy. And I love that Genie comes in and just starts singing with him, like, they're just that close and that comfortable with each other that it's just it's good and they're such great scene partners and again i said this before and i'm gonna say it again i'm almost wishing we had been at this point in her storyline when we had gotten to speak to gloria rubin because having this fresh in our minds would have been so great yeah and i like just i think it would have colored a lot of things a little bit differently when we had talked to her
2: for me at least yeah definitely the fact that she she went out of her way to bring him up clearly he made some kind of impression on her you know working with him
1: and this storyline yeah
2: Because am I wrong
0: in saying that she has still not revealed her HIV status to... She has not. Yeah, I don't guy? think so. No. Yeah, so, like, that's why, that's why like, this, I love this storyline in particular, because it's like, oh, no, this character can be more than just her HIV yeah, status. Yeah, not everything right. in
2: her life has to revolve around that. That's true. Yeah.
1: Like, Ann Spa knows, and he res- he respects her even with it, but he, like, he's trusting her even in spite of that, and, like knowing that she'll be fine to take care of Scotty. But Scotty, Scotty doesn't know. <laughs> ha. I didn't mean to, but that's how that came
2: out. Shut up, Matt Damon. How dare you? So we go from there. We see Benton and Lizzie talking about the surgery. Uh, Lizzie says that she'll be lucky to work with Morgan Stern on it, but she doesn't know why she's uncomfortable around him. And Benton tries to reassure her, says that, you know, I've, he's learned more from Morgan Stern than anyone combined. Uh, but that she's nervous because she hasn't done many laparoscopic procedures. And so at the last minute, she offers to switch and take Benton's biopsy that he's scrubbing in for if he wants to do the procedure with Morgenstern instead. And then she'll come in and observe at the end. So, hmm. hmm. This certainly won't factor into future events at all.
1: No, nope, not, not in the least. But yeah, no, this will be fine. <laughs> nothing, nothing nothing, can happen with this. No. Yeah, It's fine. You would think that she'd be hungry to try it. Like knowing what we know about Elizabeth, you'd think you'd think that she'd be like all for going and trying yeah. a procedure that
0: she's. And, and I think she's also concerned because she saw Morgan Stern not really fuck up necessarily, but like chicken out, yeah, in, in a way. What when doing that central line? Yeah. So, I think she's just concerned that she, if something like that does happen, she won't have the experience mm. to properly finish the procedure. Whereas. Benton yeah. would right. so yeah. I think that's not out that's not outwardly said obviously but I think that's that would be the that's motivation the there yeah. yeah and I think raise a
2: good point. I think from a writing standpoint too I think they kind of add this little wrinkle in here too of of Lizzie not being a hundred percent confident in Morgan Stern's current abilities to give a further uh, to give further juice and to give us an excuse to have Benton work with Morgan Stern and reestablish that kind of mentor mentee. Relationship between the two of them because that's something that hasn't hasn't been explored in quite a while. Like we're talking like late season one, I think even, was the last time Mm -hmm. we were really doing heavy duty. Morgan Stern is the kind of Obi-Wan to Benton's Luke kind of dynamic. Like we haven't done that in a long time. And being that Morgan Stern's kind of got one foot out the door with this arc, it would behoove them to kind of put those two back together and, and squeeze a little bit more out of that. Um, but they needed to kind of reestablish that a little bit, and I think using Lizzie as kind of a, a backdoor foil for that is kind of a – it's a its a creative way to do it, and I like it.
1: Yeah, I really don't think we've had Benton answering to any head surgeon in a big way in a while. Like, yes, I know Romano's come on to be his foil eventually, but we haven't really had him, like, reporting to anyone in a big way Yeah. most of this season, I don't think.
0: Uh, but after that, we go back up to – well, we go – up to Morgenstern's office where Carrie pops in to have a little conversation.
3: David, I hope I'm uh, not disturbing you. Oh, heavens, Carrie, you never disturb me. Is that a, a lap volvulus? Heard you're doing one on Dr. Swampson. Yeah, uh, just looking at one of my old teaching tapes. Never hurts to review the finer points of establishing a pneumoperitoneum. He told me that
1: you were one of his brightest students.
3: Oh, good old Swanny. He's from the old school of medicine. Cares about the science and the soul.
1: Hmm. Well, I came up to bring you the minutes of the blood utilization committee. Thought you might be interested now that you're back on staff.
3: You're always looking out for me.
1: Which reminds me, are you coming to the ER banquet tonight? After all, you're part of the family.
3: What? Well, sounds like great fun. Good. I'll see you there. Righto.
1: I wish we had gotten more Morganstern and Carey again, because I remember how much of a just power duo they were when when she first came on mm-hmm. and like the, the scene of them sitting in the lounge on the couch together when they find out that that other hospital that Southside is getting merged in with them yeah and how intimidated he is by Anspaugh coming on
2: I just wish that they had leaned harder into Morgan Stern being a dork before now like yes I really wish that they, like I think I think we talked about this a long time ago and, and at the time I think I used the word incompetent is what I wanted out of him but really that was the wrong word I think dork is what I wanted from Morgan Stern like I wanted Morgan yes. Stern to be Dweeb. more of a dweeby dork who's just like n- you know never threatening never imposing but always wants to do the right thing and always wants to you know be a part of the fun and be part of the gang and everything but just never quite is cool enough to get there and like
1: so you want him to be me i mean
2: you you can it's say it's okay it. to be the william h macy of something like that's a that's a good I, thing
1: i to be. i aspire to be the william h macy of this podcast
2: well hopefully not after this no nope, no
1: nope. uh, let's say how about yes the morgan stern of this podcast up and into this episode I just, I just love him so much, and I'm so happy we get this little mini arc with him before he's gone. Um, but then we have Doug popping in to check on Scott one on one, and he tells him that the pain management team agreed to up the dosage of his morphine to keep him more comfortable. And as Doug's in there, Scott asks where Jeannie is, and Doug's like, "Oh, she's probably, she's probably downstairs just doing some work." And Doug was like, "No," or, and Scott goes, "No, she said she'd stay with me while I was doing the new chemo." And Doug voices some concerns that Scott really needs to understand the dangers of this new chemotherapy. And he's maybe a little concerned that Scott might not be doing it for the right reasons is a little bit what's implied here. So we'll come back to the two of them in a little bit. And then Carter tells Carol that he and Anna are going to the banquet together and they're about to gossip on that when it turns out that Gamma put a stop payment on the check for the supplies, so all of them are in the process of getting repoed Uh-oh. for the clinic, and Carol can't get a hold of Gamma to find out what happened. Well, this is out of the blue. Yeah, How do we feel about this, um, this little hiccup?
2: With Gamma? This whole Gamma thing. I yeah. don't like it at all mostly no mostly no, it's, because it's, my my broad broad strokes interpretation of gamma as a character is that she is benevolent and all yeah she is all things good and so to see her being you know needlessly cruel and ugly like this it's like this is not a good look for you gamma
1: i i i don't it it does not track with what we know about gamma as a big picture character
2: yeah which is this leads doesn't... me to you know hope that this is just a, a like you said a hiccup or a small little bump in the road for her and that we'll get back on track here very shortly but
1: a gross mischaracterization yeah
2: but at the moment it's like oh man i I don't remember gamma ever being this shitty but i guess so uh but we go from there we see uh benton and shirley getting ready for the surgery and morgan stern making his grand return to the or super happy to see everybody uh back we actually get a little this is one of the things that uh, Dinah Leni talked about in her interview where this was one of the little nuggets that she fought really hard for because like Shirley as a character never gets a ton of shine never gets a ton of development never even got a last name but she was like every once mm-hmm. in a while they would drop a little nugget of characterization into Shirley where they would say like oh she has a husband or she uh collects 45s and that was one of the things yeah. that comes up here is like she talks to Morgan Stern about collecting a 45 and it's like seeing that now with the having after having talked with her about that it's like I have a whole new uh, perspective and a whole new appreciation for these little touches because it wasn't just one writer or one person putting you know "Mm, I'm just gonna add this little extra dash of seasoning onto this character no it was her writing letters and like advocating for herself and being like no fuck you give me something to do like give my character something to do and just hounding the producers. Yeah, like I just love that. I love that about her. Uh, but he asks Shirley to put on his jams, Peruvian Panpipes, which okay. Whatever helps you set the mood, guy. You know, whatever's gonna get you through it. Thanks. Whatever helps you set the tone. Uh, <laughs> get out. uh <laughs> Bye. Anna talks to Carter about the bone marrow transplant, uh says that she won't be able to make the banquet tonight. And uh, Carter's like, yeah, you're going to be sore for the next few days. Uh, And she obviously still feeling some kind of discomfort about the whole situation, some apprehension about everything. She asked Carter if he would do it uh, since he had done 12 the year before. And so he teases her a little bit about how nervous she is. And, uh. They agree, and then uh, she shakes his hand as she walks away. And I don't think we mentioned earlier too when the when the procedure was initially described to her, it was described to her by Romano in the most grotesque, like horrifying way possible. Like in the most Romano, yeah. like that's a big part of why she's nervous. It's not just that she's nervous; it's the fact that Romano was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna like drill a bunch bunch of holes into your pelvic girdle. It'll it'll be great." Like and then I'll suck all the bone marrow out. Like he he did it. He described this procedure to her in the most blunt of terminology, and I think that has a lot to do with why she's got some some reservations. I mean, that sounds
0: like it was just more doctor doctor. Like no straight up, just, this is exactly what's going to happen.
2: Yeah, but it was just
1: it, I don't know. But I, no, I she, think it's I think it's more surgeon to doctor, and that Romano wants to be like I'm gonna drill holes into your pelvic girdle.
0: And in the grand scheme of surgeries and or invasive medical procedures that you could have, you know, she doesn't even have to be put under. She just gets an epidural. Mm.
1: I wonder wh- I wonder why that site became, like, the favored site for bone marrow
2: um, harvesting. Maybe because there's a lot of it? Yeah, the, the bones tend to be denser in that area. Like, it's very hard to break your pelvis, and if you do, it's bad news, but, like, um... I don't know. I, I have always, I, like, maybe it's from watching medical shows or, or something, but, like, I've just always had this kind of overarching perception that bone marrow transplants and, like, and bone marrow harvesting like this was one of the more, quote-unquote, common, but also, like, painfully, like, painful common procedures, like, excruciatingly painful was the, the way I had always heard it described. I don't know if that's something that's changed that's- over time or...
1: That's how I always visualize the biopsies mm. but not necessarily the extraction for um for donation. Yeah.
2: I don't know but it's one of those things that like that's just how it's always been portrayed like it's always been portrayed as this like scary thing that like which probably i would think was detrimental to these donation drive efforts like i would think that probably did a number on their like outreach ability when you've got tons of media depicting this as this horrible awful procedure that hurts so bad and takes you know weeks to recover from when in reality it probably isn't that bad but like and it could save a life it's kind of fucked up oh
0: and i Continuity from last week, it is be the match is the
2: organization yeah. that handles. Yes, and actually, bone and the uh, I can't remember if it was last week or week before, but the listener I was talking about who had posted from several months ago, she actually left us a comment about it this week. So we will get to that when we get to the yep. listener responses. Cool. Yeah, but it is be the match.
1: Yep. Uh, And then we go on to Carrie asks Mark how the banquet is coming and if things are looking good for the night. And she starts teasing him for choosing the Shangri-La Lodge as a location over the University Club. And like, how could you not pick the University Club? Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Mark was like, oh, I thought we'd go for something a little more casual and a little more, you know, like fun and lighthearted this year. No, Mark, you just didn't get a good deposit in on the University Club. We all know what happened. Um... And then Romano comes down and gives Mark some orders on how to treat a patient regarding fluids. And Mark says, no, you guys always fluid overload your patients. Like, we're not going to do this. This is unnecessary. Like, no. And just kind of confronts Romano on it. And is like, Romano's like, no, you're going to do what I say because it's my patient and I need her ready for surgery. Mark claps back with a no. I'm going to do what's best for the patient. Stands up to him and they have a weird little, like, Standoff thing where they're both in each other's faces, and then Romano just kind of backs down and is like, "Wow, you actually have a pair on you, okay?"
2: Battle of the Bald. It's
1: just, yeah, it's yes, Battle of the Bald. It's just very much a little testosterone fest, waving their weenies around for a minute.
0: Well, they can't wave their hair at each other, so no. Nope. Uh, but let's go back up to the operating floor uh, and to and to Swanny's, uh laparoscopic procedure. Morgenstern seems to be getting more and more flustered as the procedure is going on, uh, blaming Benton for his discomfort with the procedure, and Morganstern nicks a vessel, but also blames Benton for that. And, which is obviously very bad, because they can't see what the fuck they're doing in a laparoscopic procedure because there's too much blood all over. Well. And suction is not going fast enough and to clear the field so they can actually see what they need to tie off so ben wants to open the guy up and morgan's Stern is like no it'll be fine it'll be fine we'll keep going and they're arguing back and forth and
1: it's just it's just not great it's real tense yeah really well acted by both of them right Mm -hmm. here yeah
0: it's fine it's not is it is it
1: fine (laughs) i don't think it's fine it will
2: ultimately not be fine
0: it's true um, and then not, Being Not Fine continues uh, with our next audio clip, uh, which is preceded by just a little, beautiful little bit of Lydia and Connie dialogue, uh, but the actual meat of what we actually want to talk about is uh, Doug Pull's genius side to talk about. Uh, her relationship with Scott.
3: What are you wearing tonight? My velvet dress, the one you wore last year. I didn't pass out and rip mine in the parking lot like someone I know. Hey, Jeannie, you close the banquet? No, I'm gonna finish up some charts and stay with Scott. Oh, no luck with a donor match? Nope. Hey, Jeannie, can I talk to you? Yeah. I'm concerned about Scott and Spun. now. Are you sure that he wants to go through this experimental treatment? Why did he say he didn't? No. What are you concerned about? Well, he's got this big time crush on you, right? The dad, the boy's 12 years old. 12-year-olds get big-time crushes. He'll do anything to please you. No, he just wants a chance to get better. Have you seen the way he looks at you? You're you're overreacting. Uh, He lights up when you're around. I'm just saying. I think that he's taking the chemo because he thinks you want him to.
2: No, I I want him to make his own decision.
3: I know that you do. I don't know that he can.
2: Legend of everyone's favorite thirst trap hot mess, Lydia. Grows. Uh...
1: I'm still, I love, I adore Ellen Crawford, and she was such a great interviewee, but I'm so glad she didn't happen to find one of our episodes (laughs) where we call her a thirst trap, Uh, and I had to, I'm just so glad I dodged that bullet that I did not have to explain to Ellen Crawford what a
2: thirst trap is. I think she would have owned it. Like, if you've listened to that interview, like, we we asked her about, we asked her about some of those little... Lydia Feisty. Lydia moments where Lydia is not even the focus of the scene, but she's in the background, like raising an eyebrow or looking towards the camera and stuff like that. So she clearly had some level of awareness of her,
1: her character's yeah, persona. And I, I'm not saying that I'm saying, I just don't want to actually have to literally describe the term thirst trap to <laughs> Ellen Crawford. That's more what I'm glad. i that's did. glad I dodged. That, that's fair. But yes, I do. I do love this moment of nurse sass between the two of them. Yeah.
2: Oh, so good.
1: The fact that Doug's like, no, boys get crushes, like don't don't put your head up your ass on this. Yeah, clearly, clearly communicate with this boy. Like you care. I know you care about him, but like, clearly set this boundary and have this discussion with him on his motivations for making this choice, yeah. which I think is so important because I think Jeannie so just knows. Like she's she knows how she cares about Scott, and she must think that it's just the same way. Not realizing that he is still a, a sweet hormonal 12 year old boy mm-hmm. and he may just have a big crush on her which is fair yeah but like it's
2: cle- I, I think it's, it's clear by her body language that she had never considered that possibility before
1: yeah but i think it's i think it's very sweet that doug opens her eyes in a very polite but caring way because it's clear he cares about scott too and you know doesn't want any, you know knows that the situation sucks that's the peds in him right but just well well done on everybody's part
2: Then we go back up to uh, Swanee's lap procedure where Benton and Morgan Stern are now in full crisis mode, hustling to open him up and fix what was messed up earlier. Uh, They need to crack his chest and get more units of blood in. And finally, Benton takes the extreme measure of just shoving. And when I say shove, he full on like it's like a football tackle. Like he gives him like a forearm shiver and knocks him halfway across the uh, operating room and takes over and morgan stern's left to just kind of stand back and watch and it's some great body language acting by william h macy here like just kind of Mm -hmm. conveying all of the emotions that morgan stern the character must be feeling in that moment but without having the ability to speak it into words
0: and it's just very or even really his facial expression
2: right because he's wearing the mask. mask yeah
1: I was going to say, maybe it's just because it's 2021 and we're all used to being masked now, we can read more into it. <laughs> but, like, to, I think I'm so used to seeing half masked faces that I was able to read pretty much every eyebrow flicker and just head tilt that he did, where I was just like, oh, he feels real shitty. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and it also bears pointing out, too, that right as everything starts to fall apart here is when Corday steps in. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it kind of reinforces her sort of feelings about Morgan Stern's current. Abilities, current status, and everything like she kind of comes in at the worst possible moment when everything is burning down. So, uh, yeah, we, we will definitely circle back more with Benton and Morgan Stern as we go along.
0: Uh, let's go to our next audio clip. Uh, which, if you're following along at home and watching the episode, uh, booty, <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you for saying it. Thank you for saying my childish note so I didn't have to because I was just gonna leave it in there and not say it. So, I mean, Thanks. it's Maria
0: Bella booty, you could do far worse. <laughs> this is true. We're not talking Carter booty here. We're not talking Anthony Edwards booty here. We're talking Maria Bella booty. Uh, But Carter's doing Anna's bone marrow extraction.
3: Troy is ready. Here are your gloves. Thanks, Kit. Call me if you need anything.
1: Carter, are you ready? Uh Uh-huh. Epidural didn't hurt a bit.
3: See, I told you, you had absolutely nothing to be nervous about.
1: (laughs) Sure. So they told me when I had my tonsils out. I was 12 and,
3: um... I was in terrible pain after the operation, so they gave me delauded Trouble was, they gave me too much, and I couldn't wake up. It was really weird, you know? I could hear the nurse's voices, and uh, I couldn't speak or move. I thought I was going to die. And then I made a promise to God, and I said, if you let me live, I'll be a good person for the rest of my life. And you came to and decided to devote your life to medicine? Something like that. Hey. I'm really relieved you're doing this, thanks. Hi. Okay, don't tell me when you're gonna stick the needle in, okay? I won't. I'm just gonna prep with a little beta done. All right. Get it. Thanks. Hey.
2: Your, uh. <laughs> Drape fell off a little bit. Oops. Booty. <laughs> yeah uh, yeah And Nurse Kit. Yeah, so yes. uh, m- this is a long-overdue mea culpa on my part, somebody that I should have made note of a long time ago. Uh, at the very beginning of the clip there, the nurse who's talking to Carter as he walks into the room, Nurse Kit, played by actress Belina Logan, uh, she first appeared in Fear of Flying way back at the very beginning of season three before even uh Susan had left. So she's been around for a while. You know, she's... She's definitely, I think, in that Shirley tier of character where, like, you see her face a lot, but she doesn't really get much screen time, doesn't really get much to do. Um, We saw her quite a bit with um, Benton's uh, storyline when Reese was born. Um, But she's just one of those characters who, like I said, she kind of floats around in the periphery, but she is there almost the entire time after she starts appearing. She starts appearing in early season three and then appears all the way, 27 total appearances all the way through 2008, so I'm about a season overdue in actually noting her and and giving her credit, but uh, didn't want to didn't want to let that go any longer than I have since she is going to be with us almost the entire time. So nurse kit. So is this her second appearance then? Oh no, this is probably I didn't even look to see how many appear. It it has been probably five or six. How many appear- we missed? Yeah, it has she oh, has shit. appeared okay. in quite a few, and I've just been ignoring it or forgetting to mention it. And so when I saw like this was the first time somebody had actually said her name that I could recall. And so when he said her name, I was like, Oh shit, I haven't mentioned her once. Like I haven't actually like (laughs) acknowledged her as a character once. I should probably make up for that. So this is me making up for that. So she's been with us for like over a season, but we're just now getting around to talking about her. But But yeah. Can we also talk a little bit more about just how great Carter is just with the physical acting? Just like,
0: (laughs) Oh God, what do I do? Like just, deer in a headlights like oh god that's a butt
2: (laughs) it's kind of the perfect um which is really you know it's particularly in the forefront of my mind um because exodus is the episode that came out today a little behind the curtain exodus is the episode that actually came out today and the conversation i've been having with multiple different people on social media today is i've been all about the evolution of baby carter and how exodus is his grand you know reopening as john carter md and this here almost feels like the perfect marriage between the two of you get the boyish like Mm -hmm. kind of innocence but also like "Mm, gonna i don't know what to do thing of baby carter with also the kind of very soothing reassuring tender good patient advocate stuff of john carter md so it's kind of a cool little, yeah. like, meeting of the minds here between the two sides of John Carter, the character. Like, the, the best of both worlds are kind of colliding in this one scene.
1: Uh, from there, we have Benton goes down to the morgue to check on Swanee's body and wants to see the cause of death. And it turns out he can't personally examine it until after the autopsy is complete. But our favorite pathologist says she can't... She can let him sit in on the autopsy tomorrow. Is pathologist the right term?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Um, And then... Morgan Stern, we rather we learn Morgenstern has talked to Anspach about the whole situation and downplayed everything that happened, because Anspach comes down and is like, oh yeah, it, Morgan Stern already talked to me, blah 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 whatever, and it's clear Morgenstern lied about what happened, and he asks Benton to run the M&M on the surgery along with the surgical tape to see what really happened, so it can be a good teaching case
0: hmm hmm Hmm. Hmm.
1: I was like, one more time. We need one more. <laughs> hmm. That's what I thought.
0: So speaking of hmm, Mark asked Trini for help with the flowers at the desk because shit, but she calls them <laughs> tacky. I think those flowers look lovely. You
1: like the, the 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 plastic stethoscopes?
0: I mean, those are a little tacky. That's but like what the she. Actual, that's like, she arra- but the actual like arrangements are nice. No,
1: she's making fun of the stethoscopes.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah,
1: the little toy stethoscopes in the little in the little plastic doctors <laughs> boxes or doctor bags.
0: Uh, and Carter thinks that the stop check from Gamma wasn't her being mad at Carol, but Gamma being mad about something else. Uh I'm assuming Chase. Yep. And the whole situation of that sort of using Carol to get back at, which also doesn't seem very out of yeah. character so, for Gamma, very
2: un-Gamma.
1: Especially, especially with the huge heart to heart that Carol and Gamma had when she first applied for the funding.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, but Carter says he'll talk to her after he gets out of work oh boy and then we see genie and scott talking says uh this is where we get a little bit more in like doug might have been onto something here because we get a little bit of insight into scott's point yeah. of view here he says he hasn't had his friends come by to visit in a while because they're quote just kids and he'd rather hang out with her <sighs> this is awkward Yikes. for everyone uh then we go from there, we see Carol uh, is going to be taking out a loan to keep the clinic open until she can get grant money or more Carter Foundation funds. So she's taking out a loan against the mortgage on her house. Bigger yikes. Uh, then, But quickly out of that, Mark is bringing in two babies for Doug to examine. Both went down in the waiting room. Uh, but we don't get too much time to absorb what's going on with that. We'll circle back to them in just a little bit. Uh, we go back up to the surgical floor where Benton's uh, t- second appearance of the episode. is. It's rare we get two appearances of Shirley in a single episode. Uh, but Benton asking Shirley about uh, whether or not there was a surgical tape made of Swanee's procedure. And she says to check the recorder in the OR. And it's wh- I think it's pretty unusual to see her without a mask at this point. Like, this is still, you know, very, like, I think when we talked to her about this, I think she said the whole first season she was on the show, she never got to show her face entirely once.
1: I think, I think this is the first time. It might be.
2: It might be the first time we've seen her entire face, which is crazy to think about because she's been there since season one. I think when we talked to her, I think it was, we figured out between the three of us that she had missed season two, but it wasn't out of any, like, Mm
0: -hmm. conscious
2: decision. It was just sort of like, it just never came up. So, like, it wasn't, wasn't like she wasn't right. available or they didn't want her there. It just kind of never came up. But other than that, she appears in every season of the show. And it's crazy that we've made it to season four before we've potentially seen her face entirely for the first time. Pretty weird.
1: Um, Then Mark and Doug are hustling to get these two babies stable. One isn't breathing, and Mark needs to intubate this tiny, tiny baby. And Yosh takes the stable baby out of the trauma room so they all have more room to work on the one that's still struggling the other girl is cyanotic and Doug helps with some really smooth maneuvers to get her intubated like some peds tricks that mo- that maybe Mark or other attendings wouldn't necessarily think to try so just very very good teamwork by the two of them
0: Doug proven his worth Yep. Um, let's go up to our next audio back up to the surgical floor Morgenstern finds Peter and confronts him about the whole Swanee situation
3: Peter? I've been looking for you. You're one of the finest residents I've ever worked with. And what happened today has no bearing on those feelings whatsoever. I plan to support you in any way I possibly can. Support me? When it comes time for M&M, I'm prepared to review this case strictly on medical facts. Of course. I believe Dr. Swanson died from ruptured varices. That's not what happened. What do you think happened? Well, he... You accidentally cut the gastric artery. I've been a surgeon for 20 years. I've never accidentally cut anything. Well, then how did he bleed out? You avulsed the left gastric with your clamp. No, I didn't. The, the tape of the procedure will show that. What tape? Well, I was hoping you made one. Sorry. Let's not let this escalate, Peter. As chief of surgery, I could make this an issue of your insubordination. I don't want to do that. Look, I would have never taken over if I didn't believe that... You did more than take over, Peter. You pushed me away from the operating table. That's grounds for dismissal. Look, if a man's life wasn't at stake... A man's life was at stake. And that life was lost. I'd appreciate it if your preparation for M&M focused on the medicine and not hypotheticals and accusations. I think Dr. Swanson deserves at least that measure of dignity.
0: So now we know that Morgan Stern is not even above cover uh, the the old age of covering your ass
2: strong arming somebody into covering your ass seems like the best possible course of action
0: exactly nothing can go wrong when you when you it's... do that that will not damage anyone's credibility that will not harm anyone's <laughs> career that will never backfire gloriously into your face I don't know actually I don't know what that ends up happening with this i I don't remember this particular storyline but does this come across a little
1: bit gaslighty to anybody oh, else? Oh, yeah. yep
2: I mean that's oh, essentially yeah. it. I don't, oh, I don't know 100%. that that term was particularly well known at this point in time, but that's exactly what no. he's doing. So, and I want to point out on a like total like nerd geek technical like sound design note because I'm I'm trying to be better about noticing things like this now. Um, so all the like hustle and bustle of the ER and the the hospital the the phones ringing and the like things like that all the all the stuff that we just take for granted as just the background noise stuff i'm mm-hmm. i'm 99 sure that all that stuff gets added in and post because i'm you hear a lot of the same sounds over and over again so i'm pretty sure they're just they're, they're just loops. piped in and so i'm pretty sure those get added in and yeah. post the expert way with which they fade that out as he shuts the door to have that private conversation is such an underrated little like touch of realism that gets added to this. Like it's such a little like thing that like you just take completely for granted because you're so deeply immersed in this world that like somebody had to like go through the file and like somebody had to go through the probably probably much more painstakingly than even I do now. at just adding in these clips episode to episode for our show probably back in 1998 that was a much more painstaking process and they actually went through the to the trouble of like fading out that background noise as they closed the door in that ostensibly very fake room that probably doesn't have a ceiling on it like that it's just the whole thing just from a nerd perspective just makes me like just makes me happy that they went through that much trouble to try to keep the illusion going
1: very good point Definitely something I'm gonna try and pay more attention to for the next (laughs) eleven seasons. So then we go to Carter confronting Gram Gamma not Grandma Gamma about the funding issue. And Gamma says it's time Carol look for other funding sources, and he accuses her of doing this because of Chase's situation. And Gamma says None of you wants the family involved in your lives. And it's just essentially accuses him of just being a trust fund baby and just a lot of other stuff kind of like that, very passive aggressively. And he tells her to keep her money if she thinks so lowly of him and bails.
2: So is this? So is he,
0: is,
1: is, is he essentially saying, like, I'm done being a trust fund baby? We, oh, like, yeah, is that's he, definitely what he's this,
0: saying. Yeah, yeah. This isn't permanent. Spoiler alert, this isn't permanent, but it will lead to uh some interesting some good some nice uh, Noah Wiley uh comedy moments <laughs> as he learns how the pores work.
2: <laughs> okay, I was gonna ask, like, is this is this kind of the start of the storyline justification for how he ends up doing what he's doing at the beginning of season five when he's the like R A or whatever? Yep. Okay. Yep. I, I couldn't remember. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. That's right so funny to meet. and like, remember it doesn't feel like we're this close to the end of season four but we really are we're really hurtling yeah. towards the end of season four here yeah and
0: friendly reminder he's not currently being paid right yeah and hasn't been for several months yeah hasn't been for his entire intern year so far so see how that shakes out in the episodes to come uh carrie invites morgan stern to the banquet with her he says no and just bails
2: mm.
0: yeah you know he's he's had a day uh she tells mark that she wants uh the, to fight the peds attending position recommendation from the dean dean seems like yeah dean seems all about this life um but doug is in uh playing with the little girl from earlier in the episode and tells mark that he's very serious about the attending position so i can I, can I can
2: i just can i just say a little bit kind of fuck carrie Oh, this is this is um, I think easily probably yeah. like if you're if you are if you're anti carry this is the type of shit you would like harp on yeah like, because it really does yeah. just scream personal vindiction uh, vindication like she's she's doing this just because yeah. she, fuck Doug if it were anybody else like if it were Delamico that wanted to create a a ped's attending position I think Carrie would probably be all on board for it but it's just because yeah. it's Doug but
0: yeah but but instead yeah she's like oh yeah I'm not denying he's a great pediatrician he's just not a great leader
2: yeah and, and like there's plenty of valid cri- plenty of valid criticisms that you could levy at doug ross the character but i think he's shown enough times you know time and again now that you know we, we've got four years worth of history to draw from with him like when the chips are down like the dude will do the right thing and the dude will step up and it's not exactly like she makes it out like he's the only guy who's ever had personal problems. Like haven't we just spent the last six months, watch Mark completely destroy and self immolate. And she's like, never, she's never once been like, well, you're kind of a loose cannon too. Like what, (laughs) let's start asking questions about you. Like it's just because she doesn't like Doug on a personal level. And that's, it's definitely, this is one of those times where it's like, it's really hard to argue with the anti-carry camp here. Like it's really hard to argue with them on this particular issue. So yeah, in this
0: particular moment, in this particular episode, late in season four, fuck Carrie. <laughs> we will move beyond that. Yeah, yeah, we will... that's,
2: this is, that's not a permanent, uh, permanent assessment. But for now, fuck Carrie aside, uh, we go to Romano talking to Benton about needing to get his ducks in a row because he overrode Morgan's turn in the surgery. So they're definitely playing up here. The Regardless of what actually happened... Morgan Stern still is above you in the food chain and you might be in a wee bit of trouble there, Peter. So we will have to see. I know this is wrapped up next episode, so we will get resolution on this next week. So stay tuned for that. But we go from there to the banquet. Specifically, Jerry and Lydia showing up in the pouring rain to the banquet. Jerry in a hideous, like, Dumb and Dumber-inspired blue tux. Like perfect, almost perfect representation of uh, the uh, Dumb and Dumber talks. Uh, they find out they need drink tickets for the bar. The machine, quote unquote, air quotes, shows up. Turns out the machine is just one guy with a keyboard. Great. With literally a machine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One guy with a keyboard. <laughs> uh.
1: And and uh like um symbol. Yeah. And a tambourine. Yeah.
2: Total one man band. Uh, but we get to see everybody in kind of their their best I don't want to say Sunday best but like their best uh their best looks showing up for their fancy party here. Uh Carol tells Carter that Gamma messengered another check to the ER that afternoon so whatever Carter said apparently got through because Gamma's that the money train is flowing through the Hathaway clinic once again.
1: I do love that car that Carol calls him over and it's like by the moose.
2: <laughs> oh yeah that we really like it, it you have to have watched recently to really appreciate the like dinginess of this place that Mark has booked for this banquet thing. Like
1: I love it's
2: it. A total, like it's essentially like a moose lodge kind of thing. Like it's a total like, yeah. Yeah. Shithole that he has procured. But oh, then we, we see Anna sitting at a table completely stoned off her ass on some perkadan uh, also drinking, which questionable, maybe don't do that. Uh, guess you, yeah, she really should really, really shouldn't mix those, but she looks very nice. She though. does look yeah. nice uh carter finally actually you know instead of just this this there's a lot of things going on here but i will give him i'll start by giving him credit by not dancing around it and just actually getting to the point saying i think we have chemistry am i am i wrong about that like cars on the table good job there but also by the same token would it have killed the the writers okay i guess they did do it once but more than once speaking specifically about deb chen would it have killed them to give him more than one platonic female friend over the course of 15 seasons <laughs> like does he have to try to sleep with every single woman he comes in contact with at work like it's kind of a problem after a while like learn to date outside of work my dude i know you're a doctor i know you don't have a ton of free time but come on uh but this is uh, where she brings up yet again her uh, ex Again, air quotes X in Philly, which will ultimately be her demise as a character. Like this is this is what it ultimately ends up being the way that they get her out of the show. So where I, I I still find it strange that like we haven't fully started the Carter Delamico thing yet, and yet we're already laying the groundwork for her to leave. It's very weird for me that like this feels like a very compressed timeline that we're in here, but. Carter gets a little bit passive-aggressive with her about the past drug problems that she mentioned with her ex, uh, and but when she's like, yeah, well, you know, like, what are you going to do? Like, when you love somebody, you love somebody. And to his credit, he does not push it further uh, and is seemingly, for the moment, happy with just being friends. We'll see if that lasts.
0: I'm also just, like, thinking off the top of my head, I can think of four main characters that four female main characters that Carter sleeps with mm-hmm. it's pretty over the next few it's seasons. pretty much everybody but Carol like
2: it's pretty,
0: well okay I guess Corday too well okay. yeah I was gonna say I was gonna say some spoilers here but Lucy mm-hmm. um, Susan
2: Abby Susan and Kim, and Kim. yep and then there's a few other there's there's uh the is she a social worker or therapist or something she's mixed in there as well. This is more towards she's not a, a main character. Oh, it's the blonde girl.
1: Oh. Another blonde. I'm right, top. yeah.
2: It's it's not like my man has a type or anything, but yeah. Yeah. So he Carter's Carter's a little bit of a messy bitch, okay? Like he's got, <laughs> Carter's a little bit of a messy bitch. Uh
1: I think Jen T's ears just rang as we walked over her grave. <laughs>
2: Oh my god! <laughs> if Jen, if Gen T wasn't paying attention before now, she is, she is now. Like she's fully and in, she's invested. We have signed her up for the next eleven seasons. Yeah. Can we please make that a poll with this episode? Is Carter, Carter a, a messy, messy bitch? bitch.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: the only options are yes and yes.
0: Are yes and hell yes. <laughs> what happens next, Lauren?
1: Uh the smorgasbord has arrived! Yay. Which is great, because everybody's really hungry and they're really sick of having to find drink tickets.
0: Careful what you wish for, though.
1: Uh, But then we switch over to Genie is running down the hall. We find out Scott has arrested. And as they're trying to kind of revive him and get him stable, one of the doctors says, you know, why don't they just let these poor kids go? As Genie is in there, just horrified. And they manage to get him back and stable and put the oxygen mask over his face. And Genie is just overwhelmed.
2: And I want to point out from the why the fuck did they bother department? Uh, The cancer specialist in this scene here, the one that works on Scott and brings him back. We have seen this guy before playing a cancer specialist way back in season two, episode 17 match game. Like, it is it continues to astound me the level of like granular detail they will go into to bring back these like not even tertiary characters just kind of like one off background doctors they will bring them back sometimes years later and it's like DVRs don't exist. Streaming doesn't exist. Nobody's going back and watching these episodes a billion times. Like, they saw that episode once, two years ago, and you went to the trouble to go get the same actor and bring him back to portray a character who doesn't even get a name. He's just credited as cancer specialist. That's his whole character. And it's like you brought him back for this. It's just... It's not a bad thing. Like, I'm giving them credit for it. It's a, it's a great attention to detail, but it's just like, why bother? Like, there had to have been other people that you could have grabbed. Some guy from craft services. Just throw a lab coat on him and make him the cancer specialist. Like, you went to the trouble to call the exact same guy from two years ago. Like, good on you, I guess.
1: I love when they do that.
2: Is this is only two yep. appear- second of yep. two appearances? Yep, second appearance of two. Been- he will never be seen again, but God damn it, they went back and got the same guy from two years ago.
1: Uh, but then we pivot back again to the gang um, picking at all of their food and complaining about how some of it's partially frozen. They're not sure what some of it is. Uh, Carter names one of the dishes and they're like, what the hell is that? He goes, I don't know. (laughs) So like, clearly Jerry's mom's home-cooked food was probably all bought at like a Gordon food service and thawed on lukewarm trays.
0: Uh, Mark's also trying his best in our next audio clip to do a mo- little bit of a motivational speech um, and sort of apologizing for how bad the banquet is, but, um, but how much he loves the staff. So let's let's listen to those. Hello. Uh, I just want to say
1: thank you for coming tonight. Uh, I organized this event in hopes to show my appreciation for all of your great work.
0: So, try not to hold tonight against me. (laughs) Uh, Each day, we work together as a family. and uh, Because we're a family, it's no secret that it's been
1: a rough year for me. So, I want to thank each of you for helping me through some hard times. You stuck by me when I needed you, and you've given your best to make our ER a place that we can all be proud of. So, thanks for being my family. Couldn't have made it without you. That's why that song was stuck in my head this morning. I could not figure out why I was singing that. Cool.
2: I hate this show. Uh, That's a sweet moment, though.
1: It is. It, it's just, it's peak Clooney. I know. It's not even peak Doug. It's peak Clooney right there.
0: And it's peak everyone just having fun at, on, filmed, on filming day. This almost
1: feels to me like it's something that they would have done as like a season finale.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, it has... It, it with has the, With the cast ensemble stuff. It has very, very much echoes of Carol's wedding from season one. Yes. Like, that's it. It's, it's that's very why it much the same energy. Yep.
0: It is. Both so worse food and... <laughs> At a moose lodge. Better, yeah.
1: better company, though, because everybody's not miserable for Carol. It's true. They're miserable about the smorgasbord.
0: And Nana's high as balls, so she's just, she's, she's just happy to be there. She's just there to have a good time.
1: Yeah. I can't believe she's up and moving. Oh, my God.
0: Just, nope.
1: Like, you're supposed to be on bed rest, my nope. dude.
0: But, hey, good on Mark for apologizing. Yeah. Recognizing yeah. that he's a shithead. <laughs> and bringing it back to from uh, back from the brink. <sighs> Fathers and Sons, was that when he had the come-to-Jesus moment
2: with yeah. Doug? Yeah, which, yeah. I mean, this is episode yeah. 18, so we managed to stretch that out over another 11 episodes <laughs> on top of the already interminable length it felt like. I mean, he's been, granted, he's been a lot better of late. Don't get me wrong. He's night and day compared to what he was um, at the beginning of the season. But you consider that basically the the Mark's trauma storyline runs from, I think, episode 21 of season 3 and it. this is the end of it here. So it runs from episode 21 of season 3 to episode 18 of season 4. Like, that's a long-ass storyline.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, like, I'm so glad he's finally done. Now we just need to get rid of the goatee. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. One guys. thing at
0: a time. Now let's go into our in the next into the next scene and uh, which is our last audio of the episode. Uh, Benton is talking with Corday about the whole Swanee situation.
3: I had the babcock on the lesser curvature of the stomach. I wasn't pulling hard. There's no way I could have been near the left gastric. Is there any way you could have caught the artery? No. Morganstern was dissecting the esophagus. My clamp was on the stomach the entire time. And it's your word against his. So, um, how much did you see on the monitor? I got there just before you performed the thoracotomy. In time to see me push him? Yeah. Look, I'm willing to express my concern about his competency. Oh, no, 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 no. The last thing I want you to do is jeopardise your career over this. I don't know, maybe my clamp did slip. You don't believe that. You just told me you had the clamp on the stomach the entire time. I, I'm sure I did. Peter.
0: If you're sure that's what happened.
1: I'm
3: sure.
0: Gaslighting. I'm so
1: glad that he has her as a friend even right here for something like this.
2: Yeah, I I know they're not a couple yet, but this little moment here I think is a perfect um, representation of why I am such a big advocate for them as a couple, because they're equals. They are perfectly matched professionally and a big part of again going back to i feel like we're going to keep relitigating this over and over again until it happens but like i think a big contrast with mark and and um lizzie versus benton and lizzie is that lizzie gets lost in the mark Relationship And that some of the agency of Elizabeth Corday, the character gets lost as a consequence of that relationship. And I don't think that really happens with Benton, mostly probably because it didn't go on as long, but at least to start off with here, like they're very e- evenly matched and they're very like, they're still, they're not just like, they're not defined by the pairing. Like they're two dynamic individual people who happen to have really good chemistry with one another on Multiple levels, and I think that's what makes them such a strong pairing. And I'm um, excited to get to them, uh, it, you know, full force. But I'm also sad because I know it doesn't last. So,
0: but yeah, a little bit of that Morgan Stern gaslighting seeping its way in. Mm-hmm.
2: And but I like that the she thing. calls him on it right away, though. That's my thing. I love that she immediately mm-hmm. calls him on it. And she's like, "You know that's bullshit. You know that that's bullshit." And. Y'all, y'all do the same for me professionally, and I appreciate it a lot. Yeah. You need somebody. I mean, it's it's such a like tropey thing to hear when you talk about relationships, but like you need somebody who's going to call you on your crap. You need somebody who's going to tell you when your brain's being stupid and lying to you. So, Lauren and I just immediately <laughs> looked over each other. It's like that's
1: that's it's us. A, it's that's a, us. a very yeah.
2: real phenomenon.
1: This is why the collab chat exists. That's right.
2: So, uh, going back to the much more, uh, party atmosphere of the banquet where we get, we are just thrust right into the staff congoing around the banquet room, which is just <laughs> a peach of a visual. Like I chef kiss. I think I picked that out as the, uh, the clip for this episode because it's just so like, I have, I have to so imagine good. that was a blast for them to film. Like that had to have been just so much fun. Um, and then we get to see Carrie and Mark dancing a little bit get a little bit of insight into where they're at like I'm I just like a lot of this.
1: Uh Daniel when when they were congoing did you notice the really distracting extra I... to their right there is a there is a woman okay in she's like in a blue blue uh blazer okay. like sparkly fancy whatever and she's standing there just doing this <laughs> like with a just grin on her face just like just trying to It's, it's and I'm sorry I'm sorry, uh listeners that you don't have the visual of the dumb motion I just <laughs> did. But if you're rewatching this episode, watch to the right of the conga line. You will not miss her once you see
2: her. Right of the conga line and blue blazer.
1: She's like she's literally like, here's the conga line. She's right here. they they pass like right next to her. You can't miss her. <clears throat> she there's nothing blocking her in this
2: scene. I will definitely have to Yeah keep an eye out for that if I go back and rewatch. When when, when I go to pull the clip when you're pulling when the I clip. When I go to pull the clip, yeah, I will definitely keep an eye out for her.
1: Just do, like, football recap arrows <laughs> on her for the do listeners. Do a John Madden circle. Because I'm I'm the only one who cares, and it's not that stupid, probably, but she was really distracting Sometimes,
2: me. The, sometimes I mean, you are queen pedantic of the show. I was going to say, the, um, the, the, sometimes the, the real story is in the extras sometimes. Like, you got to look out for who's but, trying to make a career out of their one minute of screen time in the background. Yeah.
1: You're gonna say I'm real pedantic, but we have King of the Research who went and did an entire ER floor layout comparison over here.
2: She's,
0: Thank you very she's much. She's got a point. And who got every Clooney laugh so far? <laughs>
1: yeah, which was insane. And I love that um that Mary made it a uh,
2: ringtone.
0: Patreon.com slash ringtone say, Tone yeah. Podcast. If you'd like to hear every Clooney chuckle to this that's, point,
2: that's what your money's going towards right there. Dumb, dumb projects like that—two minutes and uh, how however, however many seconds of just Clooney laughing in your ears—it's chaotic and bizarre, <laughs> and it might be one of my favorite things I've ever made. It was completely—it was. <laughs> I love madness.
1: I, l- I love the stuff you do, Daniel. You're, you're random. I'm gonna do this for an afternoon because I feel like it. Projects turned oh, that out was to more be than an okay, but I'm using. <laughs> I'm giving him some credit for it was
2: more than a weekend, less than a week. It was.
1: But I'm just going to say those side things that you're just like, I'm going to do this and throw this on the Patreon. Those usually be some of, end up being some of my favorite things well, that we you. do. I try. It's just so good.
0: All right. I think we're all just sort of we're trying to try, dance yeah, we're around the ending yeah. of this episode because it's a real dance bummer. Around. Talk about your, <laughs> talk about your
2: tonal shifts. Uh, Jeannie checking on Scott and she has this very heartfelt conversation with him tells him that she will always love him and respect him but that he has to make the choice regarding the chemo for himself. And then Scott tearfully tells her that he does not want any more chemo. And we fade to black as they hug. It's a real bummer to end on, but it's a very powerful moment between these two.
1: Yeah. And I love how she's like, okay, well, what do you want to do instead? And he's like, I want to get in the car. We'll drive to California. And the two of them just have that really sweet moment together. Uh, she's like, all right, I'm game. Yeah, I'm gonna give this one probably a B plus, A minus.
2: I'm not sure A minus, but like, that would definitely be like a solid B, B plus for me. It feels like it feels like a season one episode to me. Like new newer characters and and obviously they're different people than they were in season one. But I'm talking about the structure of it. Like, there's a lot of these tonal shifts in here, which was a thing a lot more in mm-hmm. season yes. one. They did a lot of that zigzaggy bullshit in season one. And there's definitely a lot of it going. It doesn't necessarily take me out of it, but it does bring it down a notch.
0: But I think the big difference between like this and a season one episode is that everything content wise, everything in here is excellent. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. all of these storylines matter. All of these storylines have impact. All of these storylines yeah. are entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's just, they probably, I'm not sure how you might've might be able to improve it. Like pacing wise, mm-hmm. you know, cause I'm obviously not a video editor. I don't, no, I don't I don't know what I'm doing, but just my my humble uneducated opinion like there has to be a way to make it less jarring, and I know that's been a kind of a recurring problem with this show, mm-hmm. but like at least now i like at least now with the stuff, the content is is of a higher quality than it was in season one and two when I was having this issue mm-hmm.
2: yeah again yeah i I think definitely the tunnel shifts are there they're they're hard to ignore and I do think they take it down from that kind of A tier level into probably that B tier where it's like it's a solid episode it's it, I would say it's above I, I would put it above the level of a filler episode I don't think it's a filler episode because all this yeah. stuff like you said oh, it no, all no, no, matters no, no. Um. so and honestly if you were gonna try to like tweak it at all and this goes back to the, the issue that will get will just solve itself at the end of the season like if you're going to pick any of these to to clip out, it would probably be Delamico. Like you probably just clip her out because she's just not really fitting in. She's just not really meshing with the rest of yeah. the formula. And if you clip her out and give a little bit more time to um some of the other things that are going on, maybe that rounds off some of the edges on some of these tonal shifts where you're not you're not going from a conga line to I don't want any more chemo and crying, you know, like it's like that there right. should be something to buffer that. And there just yeah. kind of isn't, you know? So I like, I think maybe I would have taken the Congo thing first and then done Benton and Lizzie and then maybe go to Jeannie and Scott, like kind of bring us gradually bring us down the mountain. We don't need to go straight yeah. from Congo line to Scott and Jeannie, but to I want to yeah, <laughs> Like it's, that's a real hard shift, especially at the end of an episode. Like that's your take home message. It's like, 30 seconds ago we were doing a conga line gang like everything was great yeah jerry's in a tux everybody's having a great time like it's kind of a hard hard pivot and a blue poofy tux too we never we didn't
0: mention that blue poofy yeah. tux from, yeah from, from from our sweet baby jerry
1: uh yeah i guess for me this was the first like this was the first in a while where even those tonal shifts and kind of pivots they might have been a little jarring, but they weren't for me, at least to the point where they took me out of the episode. Like mm-hmm. they have been in episodes past this yeah. season. Yeah.
2: No. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely doesn't.
0: Take that's. Out I think any. that. I, I think that's kind of goes. Yeah, yeah. I think that kind of goes back to what you were yeah. saying. Like that. The storylines are engaging. Yeah.
1: So I'm. I'll, I'll. I'll revise mine and say closer to a B plus, but with with those few tweaks you guys mentioned, it could have been bumped up to an A minus. Yeah. yeah. That's how. That's how on the money a lot of it was.
0: What do the listeners think about it, though, Warren.
1: All right. Uh, Robert O. says, Mark throwing a party that was as much of a disaster as he was the first half of the season and loved watching a drunk Doug try to sing. Amen.
0: That's amore. I
1: I could not figure out why that song was stuck in my head this morning. And, like, I was like, when, where have I heard that recently? And then that clip came on, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is my life now. Um, and then Corinne P. says, As mentioned in a previous post, this episode hits particularly close to home. With my donation being delayed, it now coincides exactly with your recording of this episode, which is equal parts cool and eerie. Ooh. Ooh. Since this episode aired in 1998, thanks to advances in medicine, there is a much less invasive way to collect the necessary parts from the bone marrow. So please consider joining the National Bone Marrow Registry through Be The Match.
2: Just what I was talking about. Like, media representation of this makes it seem much less scary than it really is, or much more scary than it actually is
1: did you ever sign up for that i did but i need to um i don't know if i ever completed my cheek swab so i need to like follow up okay, and yeah. see what my status is with it because i remember i signed up email wise yeah because I, I did I ever...
0: it and then
2: i encouraged I, you too i don't so. know if i ever
1: got my swabs done and if so. i'm
2: reading if i'm reading corinne's story right or comment right uh certainly by the time this is airing they will have already uh made their donation and everything so congratulations to them for doing that and yes hey. and setting the example and hope, hope you're, you're recovering a, well
1: yes hope you're having a speedy and comfortable recovery thank you for sharing with us um mary l says mark is a terrible <laughs> event planner to which i would argue that jerry's a terrible event planner lauren intercutting there mary says but would love to hang out with the crowd with that crowd oh yeah yeah
0: it'll definitely be a, it'll be a party
1: uh, Michelle K says, It's kind of sad seeing the downfall of Morganstern here, and I'm sure it was even more devastating to Peter to have his mentor turn on him like he did. On the lighter side, they, they only did this fancy annual ER banquet one time in the entire run of the show. Damn it, Jerry, you had one job. <laughs> what cracked me up was Jerry was getting seemingly offended at Mark referring to his smorgasbord as a buffet, so I had to look up what the differences between the two. Beware the rabbit hole because some people take the difference as seriously as Jerry. (laughs) The TLDR in the U.S. and most of Europe, the words are used interchangeably to describe any restaurant that serves buffet style, but in Sweden, it's very specific what's served, the time of day it's served, and how lavish these meals can be. Some of the descriptions sound like an authentic smorgasbord as everything from charcuterie board staples to cold salads to hot foods like meat and fish
2: today i oh, learned there you go michelle doing the legwork for me <laughs> thanks michelle
1: thank you and angela g says i actually like the way that morgan stern's fall from grace is portrayed there are definitely doctors out there that have probably hesitated and questioned their profession it seemed incredibly real but again thank you all for commenting i love getting to read these every week it gives me a sense of purpose
0: Here are <laughs> headlines and our listener responses lady you serve no other purpose on this show
1: yep that's it it's fine and I'm cute
0: you got moxie got moxie right, well that's about going to wrap up our episode for today thank you all very much for listening as always this show is brought to you in part by our patrons over at patreon.com slash saying the tone podcast for only a dollar a month you can get access to our show notes each week and for only five dollars a month you can get a free sticker featuring our favorite desk clerk Jerry who had one job two-week early access to all of our cast and crew interviews, and over a dozen hours of bonus audio and video content, including the full-season recap episodes. Season five's coming up here pretty soon. A bonus show called The Lounge, where we talk about whatever's going on for us in our lives and the world at that moment. Movie reviews, where we talk about a movie featuring an ER cast member, and flash-forwards, where we do a commentary track for future ER episodes. We'd also appreciate it if you would follow us on our social media accounts. We are at Set the Tone ER on Twitter. We are on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast. And we are at Saying the Tone Podcast on Instagram. Also, be sure to check out the official Saying the Tone community on Facebook. Our theme music is
2: provided to us by Andrew M. Edwards and Daniel. Where can folks find you at? They can find me on Instagram at dan.u. That is Y O U.E.L. They can also find me on my other podcast, The Popular Court, with my co host Jake Terrell, where we do a different pop culture topic each episode and put it through a little mock trial. And Lauren, where can folks find you at?
1: Folks can find me bitching about hiccups and posting dumb pictures of our new apartment at my personal Twitter at Lobob92345. And I would also like to note that along with the Team Jerry stickers, we also have our Setting the Tone logo stickers,
0: and there will be a super secret new sticker launching soon. And
2: magnets now, too.
1: God, I forgot about the magnets.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't know how magnets work, so I don't think about those.
1: Nobody knows how magnets work, apparently. That's what the vaccine has taught us. That's
0: true. (laughs) You mean damp skin isn't the same? As
1: oh, <laughs> damp skin and surface tension on non-magnetic ma- metals are the same thing as magnetized metal.
0: Uh, you can find me hating life at Random Gamer on Twitter. That's J M Three R, as well as on the Popular Court's YouTube channel, doing a Let's Play of Mass Effect Legendary Edition. New episodes of that are out every Friday, and you can find those videos at much much more at YouTube.com/slash/The Popular Court. Thanks again, to everyone, very much for listening. Please join us again next time. Have a great week.